up next on Walking by Faith. Jesus came from too far, and Jesus paid way too high of a price for you to go through your life depressed, weighing and complaining and whining in bondage to addiction and depression when you need to enjoy the redemption that he provided for you with his blood. Welcome you to Walking by Faith, and thank you for being with us today. We're going to be talking today about the blood of Jesus. In the book of Peter, it's called the precious blood. In the book of Revelation, it tells us that for all of eternity, we're going to sing about how we've been redeemed by the blood. In the book of Romans, we're told that it is through faith in his blood that he becomes our sacrifice, our propitiation, our mercy seat. And it is literally through the blood that we have salvation. It's because of his blood that we have the forgiveness of sins. It's because of the blood that we have redemption. Now, the Bible teaches so clearly that really we have to have faith in the blood. But faith does not come without knowledge because faith comes by hearing. In fact, we can say it like this, that faith is largely dependent on knowledge. And we need to put our faith, Romans 3.25, in the blood. So we're going to talk today about the blood of Jesus. And I believe that as we're talking, the Spirit of God is going to bring faith into your heart, more faith concerning the blood. And it is really through faith in the blood that the best blessings that God has for us come into our lives. Would you go with me right now into this service as it begins? Now, if you were to go to church in the Old Testament with Moses it would be very different than what you probably think. The Bible tells us that what Moses did in the service was that he took blood. Right? Now they've got the tabernacle and Moses takes blood. Right? And it says that he sprinkled all of the vessels of worship. Right? So the candelabra gets blood and the altar gets blood and the... the uh, the, the, the big thing that holds the water, the, uh, what do you call that thing again? It gets blood. Everything just gets blood. He's putting blood everywhere, all right? And then the Bible says that Moses took blood and he sprinkled, get this, he sprinkled all of the people. So if you went to church, you did not wear white. <laughs> because it did not matter if you were in the front the back or the balcony. Moses sprinkled all of the people with blood. Right? And after Moses sprinkled the people with blood, then he says, and he took blood. How many of you are figuring out that in the worship service there was some blood? Right? And then he took blood and he sprinkled the book. You say, what's the book? It's the part of the Bible that they had. He would put blood on the Bible. You say, why would he do that? Well, it's a blood book. It is a blood covenant book. All right? So, so when, you went to, when you went to church with Moses, there was going to be some blood that was going to be, in fact, they're just flinging blood every place. All right? And the Bible tells us that one time a year, remember, Jesus we're to put faith in his blood because God set him forth to be a propitiation, a sacrifice, a mercy seat. 
Now, in that tabernacle, there's the outer court, there's the inner court, and then there's the Holy of Holies. Right? And in that Holy of Holies, there was an ark. How many of you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? Okay, you're getting close here. All right. Uh, that ark was uh, covered with solid gold, had two poles that stuck out on each side, a couple of angels facing each other. Their wings are outspread out and they're touching each other. It's a box and the cover lifts, just like in the movie, all right? Except it's not the well of souls that's inside, right? Inside are the Ten Commandments. By the way, is there anybody here who ever broke any of them? Just curious, just anybody. Just, okay, all right. But they're inside. And then there's this lid, right? And once a year on the Day of Atonement, Leviticus chapter 26, excuse me, 16, Leviticus 16, the high priest would go in there and he would take, yeah, you got it. He, t he would take blood, all right? And he would go in and he would sprinkle that blood over that mercy seat, right? So when he did that and he walked out, they would blow the trumpet and they had to be assigned to all of the people, your sins are covered. Your sins are covered, right? The blood of bulls and goats, the New Testament tells us, couldn't take away sin, but it would cover their sin, right? It was God looking, it was, they were looking forward to when God would send the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Now in Exodus 25, verse 22, Talking about that mercy seat, this is what God says, and there I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I give you command to the children of Israel. So this is what God said. He said, there's one place and there's one place only I'm going to meet with you. And it is right above that mercy seat. I think this is so cool. God's chair is called the mercy seat. Right? And he said, the place I'm going to meet with you is where the blood is, right? Now, remember what's inside underneath? The ten, all the commandments you broke, right? And, and, and right above the mercy seat is God's tangible presence. He says, that's where I'm going to meet with you, right? And what's in between you and all the commandments you broke? Blood. There's blood. That's in between. And God says, first thing, notice about what the blood does is the blood brings you into fellowship and contact with God. Right? If you wonder what the blood does, that's the first thing that it does. Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls for the blood. It is the blood that makes an atonement for your souls. So God said, blood and only blood can make an atonement, a sacrifice for your souls. Now, this is all through the Bible. I mean, this is literally from the beginning of Genesis clear through the book of Revelation, right? In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin and God kills animals and has to shed their blood to make coverings, clothes for Adam and Eve. It's in Genesis chapter 4. It says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain, the first two people born on earth, Cain and Abel, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. 
Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the two bring an offering. Now Cain, he goes to the garden and he gets some sweet corn and strawberries and raspberries and rhubarb and tomatoes and onions. And he goes and makes an offering to the Lord. And the Bible says God did not respect him or his offering, right? Didn't respect his offering and did not respect him. His brother brought a young lamb, killed the lamb, shed its blood, and sacrificed the lamb. And, the, and God respected or received his offering and received him. Now, when, by the way, when you in the Old Testament, when you would bring an offering for sin to the priest at the temple... The priests did not talk to you. They didn't ask you questions. They didn't inspect you. They inspected your offering. And if your offering was good, then you were accepted. It wasn't based on your behavior. It was based on your, on your offering. All right. And what's given to make an atonement for your soul? Blood is given to make an atonement for your soul. So when, when Cain comes and he offers all these vegetables, God doesn't receive it. But when his brother Abel comes and offers a lamb, God receives the sacrifice and receives him. And again, somebody says, well, I think his brother Cain, he probably worked harder. You know, he had to plant, he had to weed, he had to harvest, he had to do all that. Yeah, but again, he didn't come with blood because you can't get blood from turnips or onions or anything else. If you want blood, you're going to have to sacrifice an innocent animal. It's the innocent dying for the guilty. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he, Jesus, entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. The Amplified Translation says he went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven. Now, when Moses built the tabernacle, God told him, you make it exactly the way that I tell you. And the book of Hebrews says it's because it's a copy of a tabernacle that God has in heaven. So there were priests here on earth who went into the tabernacle that Moses made. But Jesus didn't go into the tabernacle on earth. He went into the tabernacle in heaven. It says, the holiest of holies of heaven, not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and an everlasting release for us. Now, notice it says that what Jesus did with his blood when he went into heaven is that he obtained for us, secured a complete Redemption. You said, what does that mean? That means God did not leave anything out. Everything is included. God thought about everything. You will never go to God and say, God, this is my deed. And God's going to go, oh my, what are we going to do? We didn't think about that. No, it's complete. It covered everything. He planned and provided for freedom in every area. We have coverage in every area through faith in the blood of Jesus. 
In other words, you have no special problems, no unique problems. There's nothing that was not covered by the blood of Jesus in God's plan for redemption. The Message Bible says instead using his own blood as the price to set us free once for all. Everlasting deliverance. Get free and stay free because of the blood of Jesus. The highest form of worship, listen, always has to do with faith in the blood. Right? The highest form of worship. It's not when you dance or clap the loudest or when you're singing the loudest. The highest form of worship always has to do with the blood. And when you get to heaven, by the way, you are going to sing about the blood of Jesus for all of eternity. Revelation 5, you're worthy to take the scroll, to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. By your blood. God loves you, but his love didn't redeem you. His blood redeemed you. Out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Amplified. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor for us sinners. That we may receive mercy for our failures. And find grace to help in good time. Now, notice the two things that it's saying here. You will receive mercy and you'll find grace. Mercy covers your past sins. That's what mercy is about. Mercy for the sins, the failures of your past. But grace has to do with today and tomorrow. Grace is God's supernatural help to do what you could not do on your own. So there's mercy for your failures and your sins, but there is grace. There's supernatural divine help to enable you to do what you could not do, right? To find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when you need it. Now, notice it says that there's help for every need. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual, if it's physical, if it's financial, if it has to do with guilt or condemnation, your family, your kids, your husband, your money. There are no special problems. There is appropriate help, well-timed help coming for every need, coming just when you need it. Now listen, God is never late. But he misses many opportunities to be early. <laughs> but in all seriousness, there are many of God's best blessings that we will never receive without faith in the blood. Without faith in the blood of Jesus. Jesus paid for a real redemption with real blood that gives real answers to real life problems. Hebrews 9, 14. 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now, it says that the blood, when you have faith in the blood, it will purge your conscience from dead works. And, and somebody said, well, how do I know if this is working or not? Well, the, the, I think there's two tests. The first one is to ask yourself this question. Do I really believe that I qualify for God's best blessings? Right? Because the blood qualifies you. You don't qualify because of what you've done. You qualify because of what he's done. Right? So you ask yourself, do I believe that I qualify for the best? Or, or am I like, well, you know, I don't want to bother God. And there's so many other people that have other things. And, and I'm not really sure, you know, that I should receive that. I just really haven't been, you know, everything that I should be. Are you looking at yourself or are you looking at the blood? Right? Do you qualify for the best blessings? Second test. Do you feel like you qualify to be used of God? If, if somebody said to you, hey, uh, there's a person who's been diagnosed with cancer and they're given a week to live, would you go pray for them? And you go, oh, not me. <laughs> go get somebody else. <laughs> not me because I, I'm not going to be used. I'm not going to be blessed. God's not going to use me to do that. Right? See, when we feel unqualified, it's because we're looking at ourselves and the blood has not purged our conscience from dead works. I want you to think about this. The Apostle Paul, if there's anybody who could have looked back and thought, whoa, you know, what a mess I have made. This is what he said. He said, we have corrupted no one, we've wronged no one, we've cheated no one. Now, you think about Paul. He's the guy who stood and cast a vote against Stephen so that he was stoned to death, the first martyr. He's the one who went from town to town trying to get Christians to just say the wrong thing so that he could take them in chains back to Jerusalem to be punished. But yet his conscience was cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We've wronged no one. We've corrupted no one. We've cheated no one. Right? Has the blood of Jesus cleansed your conscience from dead works? Or when you come up to somebody, uh, I've had this happen so many times. In the matter of the first 30 seconds of conversation, people will come up and they'll say, hey, hey, I'm Bob, I'm divorced. You know, I, I, I'm Mary, I've been addicted to drugs. You know, I, 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 I'm Bill and I've been, you know, off the wagon for a while and I just got back, you know, on and I've been off alcohol now for about three months. You know, identifying yourself based on your past failures, sins, and problems. But the blood of Jesus will cleanse your conscience. Because if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all of these things are of God. All right? Now, when we, when we built this building, the uh, bank that we borrowed money from, they made the church take out a seven-figure insurance policy on me. Uh, so that if I died, church would get a bunch of money to pay off the loan, you know, or to help pay off the loan. Right? So every year they still come, you know. Sometimes they bring a doctor, sometimes it's just a nurse. 
all right? And they come to the office and they give me an EKG and they take my blood. They take like half of my blood. <laughs> I mean, they, they just don't want one. You know? And uh, I always say the same thing. I said, all right, you know, you're taking it all. I want to copy you, whatever you get. Well, I, t- I was blown away the first time, okay? They sent us back on, on my b- three, I mean, little bitty type, little, little type, all right, three pages of everything that is in my blood. And I went, hokey smokes. I had no idea that they would get all that in for, well, I took a lot of blood. That Maybe that's why they had three pages, you know. But, but I was like, wow. Now, the truth is that most Christians have no earthly idea of everything that is in the blood of Jesus. Right? All the benefits that there are for us as believers. And I want you to remember this. The blood has to be applied. In Exodus chapter 12, God says to Moses, tell the children of Israel, everybody, On the 10th day of the month, take a lamb, bring it into your house, and keep it at your house. The 10th, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, and on the 14th, as the sun sets, take the lamb out. Now, you all know what's going to happen at your house, right? The first day, your kids name the lamb. The second day, they're dressing up the lamb. (laughs) By the third day, the lamb is going to bed in their bed at night. All right. By by the fourth day, it is a member of the family. All right. By the fifth day, they've got pictures with themselves in the lamb. The Bible says on that fifth day and the fourteenth day is the sun sets, take the lamb and kill the lamb. You know what's happening, right? You say, what is this? This is a picture of the innocent dying for the guilty. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So they killed the lamb. It's a type of Jesus. But when they killed the lamb, it wasn't finished. God says, now take the blood. Stand in front of your house with that blood in a basin and take some hyssop, very common shrub, put it in that blood and strike above the door. Back in the blood, strike to the right. Back in the blood and strike to the left. And God said, wherever I see that blood, I will not allow the destroying angel to come in and do any harm, right? The blood was shed when the lamb died, but the people had to apply the blood. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's why it says, let the weak say, I am strong. That's why the Bible says, we therefore we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? That's why it says in Revelation 12, verse 11, and they, that's you, overcome him, that's Satan and everything he brings by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. They applied the the blood with hyssop, but you apply it with the hyssop of your tongue. You apply the blood by speaking out what the blood of Jesus has purchased for you and for me. Now, Hebrews 10, we're going to close with this. Verse 13 says, it was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. There was a perfect sacrifice that was Jesus in his blood by a perfect person. Again, Jesus. To perfect or make perfect some very imperfect people. 
How many of you would qualify? By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. What Jesus did was enough. When he said it was finished, it was all done. He did everything that needed to be done. Jesus tells this story. He says two men went to the temple to pray. One is a Pharisee. And Jesus said he prayed to himself. Now, that's bad when God's not even listening. He prayed to himself. He says, God, I thank you. I'm so good. I thank you. I'm not like other people. God, I fast twice a week. I give tithes. I don't cheat. I don't lie. I don't steal. I'm not like other people, like that guy over there, that, that sinner. I'm not like him. God, I thank you. And then Jesus said, the guy over in the corner, he's going, just sincerity. He says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's what your King James says, right? Other translations say it better. He said, God, be a mercy seat to me, a sinner. Be a mercy seat. The Bible says that Jesus became a mercy seat to us through faith in his blood. Jesus becomes a sacrifice for us when we have faith in his blood. And if you've been watching today and you say, I need to get back to God, I need to receive forgiveness, I believe his blood paid for my sins, I want you to bow your head and pray this prayer right now with me. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And right now, by faith, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I thank you for blood washing me from my sin, making me a new person on the inside, a part of your family, on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that simple prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer. And because you put faith in the blood, you are forgiven and right with God. Now, you need to keep growing spiritually. And I want to send you a book free of charge to help you. I wrote the book, Your New Life, so that you could keep growing spiritually. It's just full of bullet points to help you. All you need to do is contact us. We'll send you a free copy. All the information is right there on your screen. And if this program is blessing you spiritually, helping you grow, would you become a partner with us? Send a financial gift to help us as we're sending the gospel to the nations of the world. Thank you, and God bless you. In Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, If any two of you agree concerning a matter on earth, it shall be done for you. We believe that God acts powerfully when we come to him in prayer. Please call now to let us know of your prayer requests so we can begin praying for you. Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives across the world. We would love to hear from you. If you have a story about how God has used these broadcasts to touch your life, please email us at yourstory@walkingbyfaith.tv. Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. Walking by Faith is made possible in part by the generous gifts of our viewers. If you would like to contribute to reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this program, please contact us at Walking by Faith 